Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Before we begin, I just want to remind everyone that this is a safe place. Now, we've all had bad church experiences, and it helps if we talk about it. Jeff and Cindy, huh? why don't you what? two get us started? Oh, no, uh, I don't want to talk about it. Um, well, Cindy, why don't you tell us what happened? Okay, so it was our first time at this church. Now, before we wrap up, Jeff, Cindy, I know it's your first time, but we like for all of our guests to pray for us before we go. That wouldn't make you feel awkward at all, would it? Yes. No, we'd be happy to. Could you? Come on, honey. Go ahead. Okay. Let us, let's pray. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to pray. That doesn't sound so bad. It gets worse. For the homeless, for the people who have homes, for the people who built those homes, and for Sherlock Holmes. Give us bread, Lord, and forgive us our trespasses, because we were probably lost and we didn't realize that we were on private property. Well, it's not great. Still not the worst part. And there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Amen. I'm sure they know you meant well. They asked us not to come back. <laughs> that is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> oh. Oh, man, I promise you that I will not ask you to come if it's your first time and stand on the stage and pre- or preach or even pray. I won't ask you to come up here. But um, my name is Jeff Boyd. I'm the youth pastor here at Center Point. Um, and I just want to welcome you all out. Um, thank you all so much for coming. Um, and so I'm going to kind of continue on in this uh, My Bad Church Experience talk. Um, it's been, it's been, a, it's been, we're about halfway there, right? And it's, it's really, really awesome. And I think it's good that we are talking about this because I believe that bad church experiences really do matter, you know? A lot of churches, they try to hide them, you know, they, they shush it and, you know, they put those moments behind closed doors or they just kick out the people that had had those experiences. So there are two people that I want to talk to, uh, two groups of people that I want to talk to. Uh, first, um, it's the people that, you know, just came just because they heard that we were talking about my bad church experiences. And you think, excuse me, you know what? I have, I have a bad church experience, so I want to hear about this. And so thank you all for coming. Um, if it's your first time, I'm really, really excited um, to, to express what God has laid on my heart. Um, and if you have had a really bad church experience, I pray that um, throughout this time you're able to kind of unwrap that and really realize that it's not, it wasn't God's intention for you. Um, and also it's not God's intention for, for the church to be. Um, my second group is uh, us Christians, uh, the people who have fallen in love with Jesus. You know, we sing that song, you know, I'm a child of God. We have those moments, you know, and we fall in love with him and his love and his kindness and his grace. And he's done some crazy, awesome things in our lives. And we want to share that with everyone else, right? Um, I want to talk to you all because, or us, because if we aren't careful, we can be a part of people's bad church experience. And that's not what we want at all. Right? So 
Um, and just so y'all know, um, I'm, I'm from... I'm from Nancy Louisville, so y'all can talk to me, y'all can talk back, and feel free to speak back to me. So um, to kick this off, I want to talk about um, this, my worst, the worst Christmas ever, okay? The worst Christmas ever for Jeff Boyd. So I, I mean, just like any other person, you love Christmas, right? All you can do is think about the gifts, at least for, I mean, if you're a parent, you probably hate Christmas, but, but you know, and all you, can, all you can do as a kid is just think about the gifts, you know? You, you go to sleep where you can't sleep the night before, and like for me, I would lay down and be like, silent night, holy gifts, all are mine, none. That was like, that was me, you know? And so you can't sleep. And when you wake up in the morning, like, and I don't know if, like, you all do this, but a tradition at my home was you had to eat first, you know? And, like, you walk past the tree, and the tree is like, ah, you know, it's a glory cloud above the tree. And you walk past the tree, and my mom's like, eat. And I'm like, woman, why did you even cook? Like, you didn't have to cook. I could eat a Pop-Tart and play PlayStation all day for, for like, a week, and I'll be totally fine. You didn't have to do this, you know? And so all I could do while I'm eating my bacon and eggs is think about, the gifts, because we all love gifts, right? I mean, all of us love gifts. It's even like a love language. It's a way that we receive love from people. And I've never done this because, well, my fiance, she's, she receives love through gift giving, and I was raised by women. But, fellas, have you, ever ha- have you ever heard, you know what, hon? You don't have to give me a gift this year for my birthday. You don't have to do it. It's fine. All I want is you. And in your mind, you're like... All right, that's a whole lot of me and a little bit of money. So we're good, you know what I'm saying? And so you get, you get, to, you get to that day and you walk up and you're like, what's up, sugar? You know, you think you're, you think you're all, you know, step over with your chest all big. What's up, sugar? Like, here, here I am. All of me loves all of you. And yet she looks at you. She gives you that look. Fellas, have you gotten that look from your mom or your sister or whoever? Like the, that look to pierce your soul, you know? And so, like, you realize that in that non-gift, you paid more than you would have if you would have just bought a gift, you know? And so, so back to Christmas, I remember how I did things as a kid. I would organize my gifts biggest to smallest, okay? So I want the big stuff first and then the smaller things, you know? I want to know that I got a PlayStation before I got the games, you know? So that's kind of how I did it. And so I remember sitting down, and I was like, you know what? Here we go. Open up my first box. I kind of had the way to do it. You grab where they put the tape, and you just pull and You just do that. I just hit my hand. You pull that, and the box falls out. And so I get it, and I open it up, and it's a couple T-shirts. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. This is okay. There's, there's, this is a nice shirt. I like this. Thanks, Mom. You're awesome. You know? And so you, I got to the second box, and I opened it up, and there was a sweater. And I was like, hmm, okay. It's cold outside, you know, she's just looking out for her son. You know, she's thinking about me. And so I get to the third box, and it's a pair of pants. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? At this point, I'm like plotting anarchy. You know, how I'm about to take over the world, about the world domination is about to happen. And so I get to the fourth box, and it's a pair of pants. I'm sorry, it's um, an outfit, like a sweatpants outfit. And then the the fifth box is another pair of pants. And I look at my mom, just like any other, like, Christmas-loving, and this is all my gifts, right? All of them. I, like, look at all my stuff, and I'm like, hmm. And I look at my mom, like, as any other, like, Christmas-loving, you know, non-Grinch, lover of all things green and red. I said, Mom, what is going on? Where is my toys? And my mom looked at me, and she's very serious about this. She said, Jeff, you're, you're just too old. It's time that you, you know, you can't get toys. 
And I look at her, and she looks back at me, and like tears start to swell up in my eyes. And I'm just like, why? Like, me and Senna are cool. You know what I'm saying? I was good this year. I didn't, I didn't bully my sister. Like, it was all good. She looks at me, and she says, Jeff, you're 26. <laughs> all right. I'm just kidding. Like, I was like 10, but still, like, that was traumatizing for me. Like, I was like, what is going on, you know? Like, that year was the first time that I realized that I was growing up, and I couldn't just get toys. Now I just buy my own toys because I'm an adult, you know? And that's what adults do. They buy their own toys. And, um, and they eat the cereal that they bought on Saturday morning and watch cartoons. But that's just what, what, I, what happened, and it's crazy because that, that moment that moment of disappointment, like real disappointment, happened on the day that we're supposed to receive the greatest gift ever, right? Like Jesus, Jesus was born, I don't know if it was December 25th, but that's the day that we celebrate the greatest gift given to the world. And what's, what's, what's crazy is like I had such disappointment because the gift that I got on, on that day looked like a Game Boy Advance. Like it was wrapped like it was supposed to be something awesome. You know, I was like, where is my Pokemon cards? Where is my Ninja Turtle, my Ninja, my Ninja Turtle shell mobile? Like, where is that at? But it, it, was, it looked like that, and it was wrapped like that, but what was on the inside? The gift was not that. And that gift that we celebrate on Christmas is, is a gift of life, right? Jesus says in John 3.16, which is, we're supposed to know this one, right? It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that he gave. That whoever believes, no matter who you are, white, black, Puerto Rican, Democrat, Republican, regardless of who you are, that you shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that life that Jesus offers is a life that is, is like he says, I want to give you life and life to the fullest. And that's, a, that's, that's like a, a, a life that's for the, the now. You know, he wants to give us that good for now. He goes on to say in 317, God did not send his son into the world to condemn. The, he, I'm sorry, he did not send him into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And it's crazy because, like, Jesus was sent not to judge people and say, this is who you are, you stay right here. But, but he, he was sent to the world to save us. He is our Savior. We need him for salvation. And if you're wondering, like, what do we really need salvation from? Or why do we need salvation? Just turn on the news. Regardless of your, if you're CNN or Fox News, like regardless of what, you, like we need salvation. This world is broken. There's hurt. There's war. There's bitterness. There's sides being, choose, being chosen. We need salvation from that. And not only the, the stuff that go, that's going on in the world, but like the stuff that's going on inside of us. You know, the times where we feel like, you know, we want to do, we, we, we want to do the right thing. But we end up doing what we don't want to do, that inner conflict, the, the sorrow, the insecurities that we have. Jesus is our salvation from that. He is the gift. He is the perfect gift that, that, that I believe is undeniable. And, and I've seen people, like, experience Jesus. I've seen eyes before Jesus and eyes after Jesus. There's a different light inside of them. And I think it's even crazy because Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, um, even him, even he has something amazing to say about Jesus. And it's crazy because, because Gandhi was Hindu. He says, a man who was completely innocent offered himself as a sacrifice for the good of others, including his enemies. He became ransom for the world. It was a perfect act. 
That is crazy. Mahatma Gandhi, like probably one of the most famous, like well-known Hindu men in history, said Jesus did something perfect. And so what I have right here is uh, a check. This check is for $100,000. $100,000, no name. And what if I was to call you up on this stage and say, it's yours, and it's real? You'd be like, you know what, Jeff? You know, I don't really need that. $100,000, you know, you, you keep it. It's yours. I, I don't need that. No, you'd run up here, right? You'd be like, thank you so much, everybody. Listen, we're going to Guad's. Full Danville specials on me. Add vegetables if you want. Like everybody, like you celebrate that, right? Because this $100,000 is an undeniable gift. Like you can't turn this down regardless of how much money you make. For, for some people, including me, like this $100,000 change your life, right? It'll, it, like for me, if I got $100,000, babe, we're going everywhere. <laughs> you know, like, like it's crazy because this right here, pales in comparisons to the eternal life that God has given you. Like this gift right here is undeniable. But guess what? Jesus gives you something that's way better than this. $10,000 is, is, I don't even know what's uh, an atom compared to what Jesus did on the cross and what he defeated in, in resurrecting. And so if, if, if the gift of God is, is a beautiful gift, right? A gift that no man can, de- can deny. I mean, we know it's a gift of love, a gift of peace, a gift of mercy and salvation. You know that? If, if, if this is a, a gift that no man can deny, and even, even a, a Hindu man said, said that this, this is a perfect gift, how is it that people say no? How is it that we, we go through, we, go, we live on street, we live on the same street right next to people and go to the same job with people that say, you know what, that whole Jesus thing, I don't want it. That whole, that whole Christ churchy stuff, no, I'm not religious. And I, whenever people say that to me, I'm like, listen, I'm not religious either. I have a relationship with my dad and he loves me. And I mess up a lot and he forgives me. And so, why is it that that perfect gift can be denied? And I think it has a lot to do with this series that we're in, my bad church experience. Because even Gandhi, if you know about Gandhi, he like, like taught what Jesus taught. He, know, he knew who Jesus was. He loved Jesus. And one day, he decided to go to a church in India. And he walks up to the church, and I don't know if y'all like have a picture in your mind of who Gandhi is, but like a really, really frail old Indian man. And he walks up to the church, and he's turned away. They say, you can't come in here. Because that church was for whites and high-class Indians. And so a man who wanted to know who Jesus was, Gandhi wanted to experience the gift, right, was turned down by the people that were supposed to give it. Has that ever happened to you? I know, I, I, I know there's a couple people in here that have been turned down for, by a church. And if, and if we, as Christians, like if you see that, it's terrible. And it's, Gandhi experienced this like multiple times. And he goes on to say something that I think like is... It, blow, it blows my mind. 
He says, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are not like your Christ. Christians would, if, if Christians would really live according to the teaching of Christ, found as in the Bible, in all of India would be Christian today. That's 1.3 billion people would be, would be Christian. Gandhi, who like, did some amazing things, looked at like, Jesus, our Savior, and looked at the Christian, small Jesuses, the small Christ, and he said, y'all aren't the same. And I hear stories like this all the time. I hear stories about, I mean, even people I work with have been hurt by churches in this community. And I'm just like, hey, listen, listen, that is not who Jesus is. People suck. I suck. You suck. <laughs> you know, we suck. We all suck for I suck. You know, like that's, that's who we are. And, and I'm like, listen, that's not who Jesus is. And that's not what God intended it to be. But I think that this statement, which is kind of like my main point of tonight, I think that this statement is very true. People from church keep people from church. As, as terrible as that is. And I think, I think that it's even bigger than just keeping people from church, right? It's keeping people away from God. We've taken an undeniable gift, right? And we wrapped it up. Just like this $100,000 check. We've taken it, put it in some trash. It don't even look like a gift, right? And he said, listen, take this. What's in here is beautiful, and it's going to change your life. Take it. And if you don't take it, you're crazy. And if you didn't know that I put $100,000, like, like, we're like, okay, I'll go through that trash to get that $100,000. But if you did not know that there was a check in here, and I said, take this all you're crazy, you'll get life, you'd look at me like, boy, stop. And I think we as Christians have done this. We've taken the undeniable gift of salvation in Jesus, and we wrapped it up in trash, and we said, take it. And it's crazy because us as Christians, we're not supposed to be that people. And even Jesus experienced times where he, where he like, didn't, like, Jesus, I think that his, like, arch nemesis was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know? And there's a moment, okay, Matthew 23, just read it. It's absolutely crazy. Like, Jesus is, like, going off on these people. And I know, like, Matthew is, like, texting it. You know, he's, like, tweeting everything that Jesus is saying. He's like, woo you know? Like, that's exactly what's happening. But he says, I'm sorry, he says in Matthew 23, uh, verse 13, he says, woe to you. Not like, whoa, guys. Like, whoa. No, like, whoa. Like, woe to you, teachers of the law and, and Pharisees. You hypocrites. He looked at them and said, you hypocrites. You shut the doors of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. How many have had a door shut in their face by by, by a church, right? And this is the crazy part. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. You're standing, literally standing at, 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 the, at the, the opening of eternal life, waiting for people to come. 
so that you can close the door. Like, run in. And if you're not going to run in, run back and pull people in. And Jesus, like, looked at these people, and he said, why are you like this? You're taking what I've done and what, what I'm about to do. Like, Jesus, like, like, knew that he was about to die. Jesus knew that he was about to pay the price for all men. And he looked at them, he said, why, why, what are you doing? Like, read Matthew 23, like, it's crazy. Jesus is like roasting these guys. And I think that like this right here is what happened to Gandhi. Gandhi walked. Gandhi was a man who, who knew who Jesus was and he wanted to know him more. And I believe that if the door wasn't shut, he would have been, he, I mean, he was the biggest Hindu. He was the most, the most well-known Hindu. What, if he, what could have Gandhi done for the kingdom of heaven. But people from church kept people from church. And I don't know, like, where you're from or what your experience is. Like, maybe, maybe you're like James, and you went to a church, and they said, don't ask any questions. And like, well, why do I believe this? Why? And it was like, listen, don't ask questions, just believe. And you say, you know what? Well, I'm going to believe until I can think of and choose what I believe, and once I believe that, I'm out. Or maybe you grew up in a home that was a Christian home, and you knew it was a Christian home because they said it was a Christian home, and you had to follow every single rule and every law, and as soon as you could get out when you turned 18 or whatever, you ran because there was no love. There was no grace. There was no grace shown. I'm sorry for whatever you have experienced. And I know that, like, when you read Matthew 23, like, all the weight of everything Jesus said falls on the shoulders of those Pharisees. But I think that it would do us some good to, to actually look at ourselves and say, how much of that weight falls on us? How much of that falls on us? And I think in order to, to not be a person that keeps church, people from church, I think we got to like really do some stuff like analyzation and look at ourselves. And I got, about, I got a couple questions, a few questions that I think will do us some good if we just ask ourselves these things. Excuse me. Where am I judging people outside the church? Like people that aren't going to church, where am I judging them at? How am I judging them? Where am I putting standards in the, in the, in the place that I think that I think need to be met in order for someone to receive the gift of Christ? Where, where am I putting standards up that God doesn't even really have, right? So that people could get to God. Where am I saying one thing and living another? Jesus said, you hypocrites. Next, where am I saying that I believe something, but my life and my actions do not reflect that? Lately, I don't know if you all know this, but I'm getting married in October, and, and we have a lot of stuff to pay for, a lot of stuff. We want our wedding to be beautiful, and we were really stressing out about money. And then we sat down and was like, why are we, why are we stressing out about money if God is the provider? Like, if, G, if, if, if the creator of the universe is our dad and he gives good gifts, right? Why are we worried? Why are we saying up on stage and I tell my students, 
hey, listen, follow Jesus, trust him. But I'm not trusting in him myself with things that I need, you know? I tell, my, I tell my students, hey, like, listen, it's okay. Like, if people judge you, it's okay. Like, don't worry about that. Follow Jesus. Learn to love him. Learn to follow him. And I'm not living that myself. Last, where am I portraying that I am better than someone, someone else, because I am Christian? It baffles me that some Christian act like the salvation that they were given was that they worked for it. Like, no, you stumbled upon grace. He died for you. That was given to you. For, for me, like that moment was a, a, a blabbering, snotty moment that I was like, yes, you know, I did nothing to, to work for that other than let him in. And if we aren't careful to to, to, to not ask these questions of ourselves, I think we can truly become people that keeps people, people from, become people from church that keeps people from church. And I'm not up here because Jason asked me to be. I don't preach this because, you know, I just put it together and it's awesome and I want it to look nice with my tie. No, I, I, pre, I am up here saying that I share the same experience as you. When I was growing up, the, the gift of God, I received it, but it was given to me like this. And then there was a chain on it, and it said, you can't, you can't get the key until you do this, this, and this. And then once you get the key, you got to figure out the combination to put the key inside the lock. And I ran, I ran from it. I put it down literally and ran. But my hope and what happened to me, what, what made this... What changed me is I decided to really unwrap this junk that I was given and realize that inside of it was eternal life. Inside this junk that I was given, God had amazing things for me. I literally would never have thought that I would be sitting here right now or have parents that trust me with their kids. Like, that's crazy. Some of them halfway trust me. It's okay. And, and it's crazy, yeah, it's crazy because, like, I am sorry that you have experienced that. But the gift that God has for you, I'm sorry that it was given to you in a bunch of trash, but that gift that he has for you is beautiful. That gift that he has for you is, is amazing, and it's filled with life and love and peace. And guess what? You're going you're gonna to go through hard times, but he splits the seas so you can walk right through it. The sand is dry. And I am so sorry that you've had that experience. But I am sitting here as an example of someone who was given trash, given a gift that was wrapped terribly, but there was a perfect gift inside Let's pray. Hey, Jesus. God, you are wonderful. You are so good. Lord, we thank you for what you've done on that cross. Lord, I thank you that, that you, did not, you did not have um, a checklist for me. Lord God, I pray that you break every single worry and hurt that anyone has experienced, Jesus. 
I pray, Lord God, that um, you show them who you are. Thank you so much for this day, Lord. And I pray, Jesus, that as we sing this song, we can get back to the simple gospel. You died for us. You beat death. Let us walk in that freedom, Lord. Thank you so much. You're so good. You spoil us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.